before we get started. Uh, this episode was recorded very early on in the life of this podcast, and apparently the basement still had some technical issues somewhere throughout, so there will be some garbled moments, I'm afraid, mostly from me, so I'm sure nobody really wanted to listen to my voice that much anyway. The, the Longbox Long Crusade, Crusade presents, presents Fan Bill Friday. Friday. Clinton Robison here. Welcome to another Fan Film Fridays. It seems I am still stuck down here in the basement of the Longbox Crusade headquarters. All my attempts to get help have failed. Let that be a lesson to everybody listening. When Delvin the Dark Web Williams designs a security system, it'll be more than meets the eye. It's almost like he used some kind of otherworldly technology from a race of giant robots or something. Uh, hold on, wait a minute. I, I think I hear somebody coming. I'm telling you guys, I, I keep hearing something down in that basement full of junk. I, I'll check while I'm down here looking for some uh, AAA batteries. Uh, wh- what the? Is that Clinton? Oh, uh, hi, Delvin. Uh, yeah, it, it's me. Uh, I've been trapped down here for a while. I had no idea you designed such a good security system to protect whatever cool movies Jason and Jared used to keep down here dude i i hate to tell you but there's no security system uh, it's just that the basement's full of junk because pat refused to clean it uh, but what about the door D- didn't you use like a special key or enter a code or something to get down here nope the hinges are just kind of old so you just got to push extra hard so you mean yep could have left that any time <laughs> Okay, then. Well, since you're down here, uh, you want to talk about a Transformers fan film? Yeah, sure. Still better than listening to Jason whining about not having a G.I. Joe Sky Striker again. Okay, so Generation 1 Hero is a Transformers fan film by Chisel Pixel Production. It's a practical effects film, meaning costuming, not CGI robots, and it came out in 2016. It is based on the cartoon property Transformers, directed by Lior Molko, screenplay by the same dude, plus Danit Sigler and Ite Muller. Wow, I'm going <laughs> to butcher those names, but oh well. Uh, Delvin, can you tell our listeners uh, the basics of Transformers? Yeah, I can. Uh, Transformers Generation 1. They're a children's toy that were popular in the 80s and early 90s and had a comic book series which lasted 80 episodes. 
The basis of the book, two warring factions, the heroic Autobots, the villainous Decepticons, resume their war from planet Cybertron onto the planet Earth four million years later. Okay, and we do ask that people take a look at this video online. It is free to watch on YouTube. Uh, the link is in the show notes. It'll take you about 15 minutes of your time, give or take. Definitely help you understand what's going on, because we get a little spoilery, and plus, it's just more fun. Bumblebee risked his life to stop Megatron. We must save him before it's too late. Autobots, let's roll out! Megatron, this machine will destroy the Earth! So, the video starts out with Bumblebee returning from spying on the Decepticons. He's driving across a barren terrain on the run from Starscream. He's trying to get back to Autobot headquarters, but Starscream's laser blasts keep getting closer and closer. Bumblebee tries to radio ahead just as Starscream manages to blast the small car. Both Transformers return to robot mode, and we see Starscream standing over Bumblebee with his weapon drawn. Back at Autobot headquarters, Wheeljack informs Ratchet and Optimus Prime about Bumblebee's SOS. Prime contacts Ironhide and the other Autobots to inform them of the situation and formulate a plan. Meanwhile, Starscream is torturing Bumblebee for information. Megatron actually admires Bumblebee's stubbornness, and he and Starscream do some of the usual bickering. However, Megatron decides to turn over interrogation duties to Shockwave. Ironhide and Prowl stage a sneak attack against the Decepticon guards, while Prime goes in to save Bumblebee. Bumblebee is just baked to lure in Optimus, who gets shot by a powered-up Megatron. Wheeljack and Ratchet show up to rescue Bumblebee, but get caught up in a firefight with Shockwave and Laserbeak. At the moment, it looks like Megatron has won and stolen the Matrix of Leadership from Prime's chest, but Bumblebee breaks loose and disrupts Megatron's power-gathering machine, sending a backlash across both Transformers. Optimus regains consciousness, but Starscream steals the Matrix and flies off, declaring himself the new Decepticon leader. The Autobots mourn Bumblebee's valiant sacrifice, and we are left with a to-be-continued message on screen. Alright, so, that was the movie, Transformers Generation 1 Hero. Yeah. Devin, what do you think? Highs, lows, what does? Okay, um, I'm going to start with a general high here. Uh, it was, I didn't know what to expect. I'll, I'll give a little bit of peek behind the curtain. Uh, Clinton asked me to come on, check this thing out. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Transformers. I'm more than willing to check it out. I didn't know whether it was going to be a cartoon. I didn't know what it was. And so when the movie, uh, or the film started, I'm like, oh, okay. It's, um, a little live action going on. I, I liked how the uh, costumes were built and 
Uh, and it, and it, I was drawn in immediately with it. I thought that it was the thing overall was a lot of fun and big props to the people who made this. I mean, it's, uh, you can tell that they have a labor of love as far as the Transformers go and that they just wanted to show exactly how much they love the Transformers by coming up with something like this. And I was really impressed. Okay. I'm going to have to mirror your high on that because the costumes themselves were a huge sell on it for me. I mean, these are, you know, I know we've all seen like the jokes and stuff, you know, people making a cardboard costume and it looks like a cardboard costume. (laughs) Right. This, I mean, you can tell their costumes, but just barely. I mean, the paint jobs on them, they, they look battle worn. They move very well. The only one that really just looks overly boxy is probably Optimus, and it's just because he has so many angles. Yeah, um, Optimus probably is just hard in general, not only to draw, but to characterize. I've talked about this uh, in Transformers Chronicles, where Prime either seems to have two modes, kind of like that uh, God mode or John Cena mode if you're in the WWE. Either that or he just almost comes across as completely inept or useless. Um, and it's always a hard balancing act with him. And so it's the same thing with his look, too. He can look really powerful. It's, I think there's just something about that chest plate of his that kind of sticks out. He just looks a little bit, has that different look from most of the other robots. Uh, so I could I, I can give them a pass on that, you know? Yeah, he's kind of the equivalent of, you know, the robot equivalent of having your chest puffed out. You know, yeah, It's kind exactly. of hard to make a muscular robot, but at the same time, I think that's kind of what he's meant to convey. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going uh, more into Jonathan Schaefer-Hames territory here. Um, when he was Orion Pax, he wasn't quite, you know, that you know, big buff. He was more like bookish librarian so the the matrix uh were were the equivalent of performance enhancing drugs (laughs) (laughs) robot steroids yes (laughs) war's dirty clinton you got to do these type of things Uh, okay uh you have any other specific highs lows i like the story too um it started out uh i'm channeling my jason now in media res in the middle of things you got Bumblebee being chased by Starscream, and I'm kind of like, oh, I had two thoughts. I was like, oh, come on, man, it's Bumblebee. That's not fair. Starscream's picking on him. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of the recent Transformers anything, and it's probably spurned by the movies a lot, too, and maybe a little bit the cartoon, but it seems like a lot of the movies, Bumblebee was a popular character. So it makes sense that you would talk about or use Bumblebee as your starter, as your draw in that the cool, popular character is being chased by the sniveling bad guy. Not the big bad, of course, is always Megatron, but the sniveling one, the one that you just love to hate, that's Starscream. I'm glad you brought up the story because I really loved it. You know, I'm like you starting out. It was kind of like, you know, what's going on? You know, do I really want to keep going past, you know, Bumblebee and Starscream? And then you're like, no, you know, this is really drawing you in. And honestly, I felt like, at least to me, it felt like an episode of the cartoon just condensed down. Yeah, I can agree with that. And the ending definitely 
left me wondering, like, so what happened? Because Starscream with the leadership matrix and Megatron seemingly dead. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you, yeah. you got my attention. It was very much like um, kind of an inverse of what happened in a comic book because the person or the Decepticon that had uh, his day in the early days of the comic book was Shockwave. He handed Megatron his butt in one of the early issues and took over the leadership of the Decepticons. And in this case, like you always know that Starscream is plotting in the background and he at least had the courage in this um, biopic or this fanfic to tell Megatron like, oh, one day I'm going to be leader. You, you better watch out. I'm coming after you. And sure enough, he did. <laughs> like that usually doesn't happen. Usually Starscream is known for retreat, retreat. <laughs> Not in this case. He did retreat. He stayed behind. It's like, oh, look at here. I got the Matrix. Mm. <laughs> he saw like, an opportunity and he took it. He did. I give him a ton of credit for that. That was I, I like that story writing because maybe uh, the writer of the story kind of had the same thought that I did. It's like, does Starscream ever get to be the one to to win, to win the day? Megatron has plenty of victories. Uh, but Starscream always seems to be the one that um, gets the receiving end of something, e either from an Autobot or from Megatron himself. Okay. Now, I know, you know, this adheres a little more closely to the cartoon universe, but since you've been going through like the Marvel years, uh, what did you think of the way they did Ratchet? Yeah, I wasn't. I, I, there, there were likes and there was a, a like and a dislike. I like that they made him more of a capable warrior. Um, in the early issues of the comic book, he was portrayed as the chief medical officer, which he is. But as far as a warrior goes, basically inept and in not having weaponry to deal with the enemy. That changed in this fanfic. Uh, what I didn't like is that they basically uh, made him into Bones from Star Trek. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm I'm a doctor, not a cell phone. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. And like at least I don't the ratchet I know isn't gruff either. He probably would have just done what Optimus Prime asked him to do. But that was a funny little bit where he pulls off that gruff like, Oh, I'm a doctor, you know, not a cell phone and Optimus Prime just kinda of stopped for a beat and was like, <laughs> Okay, so wheeljack. <laughs> yeah. It's like you and I are having a talk with HR later. But yeah, for like, now, <laughs> yeah, step into my office, Ratchet. You're effing fired. <laughs> and uh, what do you think about no human? Fine with it. Absolutely okay with that. Um, I'm just full of callbacks. But we just covered in Saturday Matinee Theater Godzilla, and one of the things that I kind of ranted about there was that Godzilla, they always have to put a human element in there. Uh, maybe due to for good reason, maybe because it would get boring um, wondering about the musings of, of a dinosaur, you know, a big lizard brain. I don't know. Um, but they do the same thing with the Transformers as well. Um, sometimes using those humans can make you relate to the robots a little bit better. But at this point, you don't really need the humans. You already you know what Bumblebee is about. Even though, uh, quick side rant to the rant, Bumblebee's function is espionage. He's a spy. So it did make sense that he was 
resisting torture, but I, I, I don't know. He, he came across a little bit weak and cowering to Starscream where I think he could have fought a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can kind of see that, but again, it's kind of, kind of where they start blurring the lines between the different ver- versions of the characters. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, the cartoon Bumblebee's kind of the young Autobot. He's relatively inexperienced. You know, he, he's kind of supposed to be that bridge between the humans and the Transform. Yeah, I agree. And they did him like that in the comic book as well, where maybe just due to his smaller size that he can be seen as more relatable uh, to humans. But they didn't really need that in this in this fanfic because it allowed them to just get to the meat of the story. It's kind of like... um like a, a cereal almost like, Hey, we don't have time really for fat here. We're just trying to tell the story and nothing but the story. So we can go ahead and move on to part two of it. We can maybe fluff the story out a little bit, but we don't really have time for extra characters. Right. And even at that, it felt like there were quite a few characters in this. Yeah. Yeah. They introduced, excuse me, several in the 15 minutes, even if they were in quick bursts, um, like sending Prowl and Ironhide uh, to be the strike team uh, to go after, and Ratchet eventually, to go after um, Bumblebee. Um, and then Optimus Prime made his appearance as well. Uh, I think Ravage was in there for a second. Laserbeak. I saw Thundercracker. I saw mention of him, even though I did not see him in the movie. Um, but then there was uh, you know, Megatron and Shockwave, too. I love Shockwave. Shockwave's just... He he's, he's a very well defined uh, character. I always love when they when he makes an appearance in whatever uh, Transformers that I'm reading or watching. Yeah, Shockwave's got like one of the most unique appearances of any Transformers character. Yeah, he just has that look, that singular eye combined with the purple. It like and again they kind of did the thing with his chest too, like they did with Optimus. He really does stand out. The yeah. one gun arm too, mm-hmm. as opposed, and you know, several defining characteristics that make Shockwave just really cool. Yeah, like you might not know much about Shockwave as a character, but as soon as you see him, you know two things: he is all business and he is all scary. Yeah, and to the extent that even Megatron didn't really mess around with him. He showed Shockwave a little bit of, I wouldn't say reverence, that's too far for Megatron, but respect isn't. I think he showed Shockwave some respect. Yeah, kind of one of those, like, so long as you follow my orders, I'm not going to question how you do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just be loyal. That, that's all I ask, Shockwave. Just be loyal. Yeah. yeah, and if you're not loyal, could you tell me? <laughs> oh, you're not going to tell me? Oh, okay, okay, fine. Yeah, just don't shoot me in the back. Oh, you just <laughs> shot me in the back. Okay, never mind. We're still cool. <laughs> like, wow, you're kind of a jerk, Shockwave. You mentioned, like, the whole serial aspect, like, moving on to episode two. From what I can tell, there is no episode two of this. What? I mean, I might be mistaken, but I did not see a second part of this. And I really kind of want to. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so we're going to have to keep an eye out for that. Maybe uh, any listening to this podcast can come back with us and let us know if there is a part two for this, because I, w- I would love to know what Starscream uh, planned on doing with the Matrix. What did he do to the Yada? Is Megatron really dead? Is Bumble really dead? 
I kind of want to know. Yeah, because, I mean, the, like I said, this came out in 2016, so yeah, I'm not going to say that people could do these over again, because this wasn't you know, sh- you know, shockingly by any means. It wasn't. But it was not. It's just kind of, you know, maybe within three years, we could have had another 15 minutes. <laughs> I would have taken this or whatever. I could stand in. <laughs> I could be a tree or a prop. That's fine. I could dig that. Yeah, Del- I could dig it, too. Delve in the tree. So, yeah, let's, let's hope that there's something out there. I wouldn't mind uh, catching episode two of this fanfic. I hope I hope it's out there. So, yeah, I mean, that seems to be it. Just the, the video and behind the scenes and, you know, a couple of little teasers and such. Okay. But at the same time, the video itself has 475,000 views, so... Holy Hannah. Okay, that's cool. You know, pe- people apparently like it. Yeah, if it's been watched almost 500,000 dang times, then yeah, people like it. Either that or they really didn't like it and just wanted to show <laughs> <laughs> But, but let, let's let's assume that it's the first one. I mean, I don't know if I have anything else to say about it other than overall, it's an enjoyable fan film. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, uh, I'm i glad that uh, you asked me to... Uh, uh, check this out, and it was well uh, worth the watch. So, uh, thank you for that, Clinton. Well, thank you for joining me, Delvin. Uh, just as a quick last note, do you think this would appeal to non-Transformers fans, or would you kind of have to be a Transformers fan in general to even consider it? I would recommend it to a Transformer fan first, uh, but then I would recommend it to a Transformers normie for two reasons, out of two reasons. One, if if you were just into making films and wanted to see um, somebody do some, or a group of people do some pretty cool stuff, that'd be a reason to watch it. But two, it could kind of be like your very quick primer into everything that the Transformers is about. Because all the familiar notes were there with the personalities for the most part, eh, except Ratchet, kind of, sort of. Um, where you had you know Bumblebee the Scout, and Optimus Prime, the leader, you know, Optimus Prime dying, which is what he does. <laughs> Good God, he dies a lot. Um, Megatron being the bad guy and, and Starscream being the uh, treacherous, ma- malevolent person uh, or robot that he is. Uh, all those elements are there uh, within about a 15 minute time span. So even if you don't know anything about Transformers, you'll have a pretty good idea of what they're all about if you watch this. I couldn't have said it better myself. That that sums it all up right there. So, uh, Delvin, before you return with your AAA batteries, uh, can you tell everybody where else they can find you? Absolutely. Um, I am all over the place uh, in the Long Box Crusade. I host the Transformers Chronicles, so if you're interested in uh, checking out something about the Transformers uh, series starting in 1984 that was done by Marvel, uh, we are covering that. Uh, me, uh, Pat Sampson, and Jonathan Schaefer Hames. We'd love to have you uh, listen on there, uh, as well as any of the other uh, shows that are a part of the Longbox Crusade Network. And you can find me personally uh, on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY 1977. Okay. And if anybody is wanting to follow this show on Twitter, we are at Fridays underscore fan. That's not what I intended it to be, but that's what Twitter gave me. <laughs> so we'll we'll go with it. Just search for Fan Film Fridays. And yeah, you just hang out here on the Longbox Crusade Network and you know, feel free to join me down here in the basement. So uh, I guess we're done with this discussion. Uh, you know, Clinton, I, I kind of enjoyed this, man. Uh, so I'll tell you what, 
as long as you don't tell the other guys about it, I'll let you stay down here trapped. It'll be our secret. Deal? Deal. receiving a transmission from the rod pod upload pending stand by for soundtrack transfer i am maggie and i am john and we are trapped hurtling through space in a ship shaped like rodimus's head the ship for reasons we haven't been able to determine contains the entire run of the idw transformers phase two comic which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.lipson.com, at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one. Hey, Jared, I have a question. What's up? Well, I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now. Yeah? No, that's not a question, man. I know. I'm getting to it. That was called Build Up. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox Crusade, and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land, and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art cell artist, and your brother, Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. But it doesn't have me, Delvin Williams. The Dark Web. Could you ask the guys if they would let me be a part of the promotion since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys and you stay here. Okay, great. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, yeah, I know. It's called Build Up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade. And I provide awesome synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? <sighs> Fine. Let's do it. Let's do it live. We could have done this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside? I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals with Crusader Chronicles. Indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater. Pitting two randomly selected action films against one another. An action film face-off cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles and whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com where we continue our quest to... Hey, 
everybody. Thanks for sticking with me. I'm here with some listener feedback on previous episodes. Last episode got likes, shares, retweets, all that online love from Jason Albrick, Tom Lichnowski, Trekonomics Trekbot, Green Lantern HG, Gene Hendricks, The Hammer Strikes, Shag Matthews, Hal Jordan, Into the Weird, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Secret Wars and Beyond, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Ivan Chudley, Jerry Green, Delvin Williams, Donald Bergen, Chris Stados, Tom Hendricks, Professor Frenzy, Pat Sampson, Ken Solo, Unlocking the Power of Power Pack, Soundtrack Alley, Cash Flag, Jonathan Schaefer Hames, Alan Middleton, Trekker Talk, Zach Sally, Christopher Bush, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, and Married with Comic. Much appreciation to everybody who listened to the show, passed along the information. I truly do appreciate all of the online love. Helps this show get noticed and helps me to know that you guys are out there enjoying everything. Last episode, which was Tales of the Seventh Fleet, with my guest Gene Hendricks, definitely got some online love. Tom Hendricks, who I can only assume is somewhat connected to Gene Hendricks, hmm, said that he couldn't wait to listen, and they had a great time making Tales of the Seventh Fleet. Well, I hope you enjoyed all the reminiscing, Tom. Oh, Tom came back to say... When you mentioned moving the camera outside to get some shots and didn't mention the sliding glass door incident, I was going to cry foul. So was pleased when you brought it up later. Oh, yeah. Gene definitely had an adventure that day. Green Lantern HG chimed in, saying, First off, great episode, guys. I'm not one to judge anything. What I like, I like. What I don't like, I don't. In fact, I don't even bother thinking about it. With that said, I really enjoyed this series. Well done for what it is. Not bad acting. It looks like a labor of love. And then he continued on. Secondly, by order of the Owens Guardians of the Universe, no interstellar vessel may transport Clinton out of the basement. In doing so, you will cause an intergalactic violation and will be subject to Green Lantern Law. People, he stays in the... Thank you. Moving on. Hey, this network's own personal star, Jared Albrick. Okay, he's one of many stars, but still. Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, chimed in saying, I finally got around to listening to this episode. I have one burning question. Did Gene get his hamburger on the day he sliced up his leg? Um, well... Gene answered that question online, so um, I'll just let everybody check the Twitter feeds to see what's going on with that. So, that seemed to be all the uh, online feedback that we got. But just for the record, anybody can leave us a message on Twitter. The handle is at Fridays underscore fan. You can email the show at fanfilmfridays at gmail.com. Or you can leave feedback on the website which is www.longboxcrusade.com so i guess until next time i'm still sitting in the basement waiting to get rescued and everybody else can just 
listen to the show, and join me again on another Fan Film Fridays. Today you can take your telephone, your, your, your cell phone, and you can make a movie on that. And if it's a really cool movie that's funny and it's dramatic or whatever, you can post it on YouTube. If you want to make films and you want to tell stories, you can do it. After all, all art is experience. But if you're obsessed with film and you love to tell stories and you love working in that medium, uh, then uh, that will give you the strength to be persistent to make it.